With so much division in the body of Christ, it's important to come to one accord when you can. That's why most denominations agree that the Better Insurance Agency is the right choice for your insurance needs. At the Better Insurance Agency, we care enough about your home and auto insurance to push through doctrinal disputes. Because when it comes to the gift of good coverage, there's no cessation here. So head to the www.thebetterquote.com to begin switching to the Better Insurance Agency, currently available only in Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, he didn't grow up in a church where he believed once saved, always saved, so, um, or where they even taught it. But he believes that he can twist scripture. And uh, I learned a long time ago, what cannot be crucified will be justified. So if you have, you know, if you have something in your life and you can't get it under the blood or you can't crucify it, then you're going to find a way to justify it. This is Ryan Peterson, and you are listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. We should read our Bible as men digging for buried treasure. The Bible is the world's most popular enigma. Its secrets lost to cultures beneath the sands of time. Or is it? It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. God wants you to seek, to read his word, to to look for that knowledge. He wants you to do that. And the people at Nicaea, they like chopped out 80 books of the Bible. We need to bring those back. More bad guys in this thing than a Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Let's back it up here. I I love the intro to the show because it's exactly right. There's these nuggets of gold in his word. You guys always sign the show. You you gotta dig it. Dig it. Show us your nuggets. God, our creator, lies outside of time and space and matter. I feel like God would be like, hello, McFly. You ain't got it so far, then. There are secret societies think that they are the descendants of the giant. I mean, isn't isn't this exciting? I mean, you read it, it's like, wow. The Nephilology round table. But these angels were taken to help immediately. Do not pass gold and act like $200. You're out of the game. Dirty hands means clean theology. Can you dig it? What's going on, all my local guys and gals and long-distance pals? We're back. Yes, we're, we're back. Are. I'm back. It's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> it's been, what, a month? Yeah, just about. It's nice to have the, the three musketeers back together. All for one. And one for all. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> so, guys, like I said, it, you know, been at so, least four so, or five weeks. What's up? What's happening? Well, the question is what's happening with you? Oh, new man. job? Yeah. New job so you can come around more often? Yeah, new new adventures, man. Uh, got a, after... You know, several months of 50, 60 hours a week and 
going from first shift to day shift to night shift and just getting slung around everywhere, man. Uh, finally, uh, Lord blessed me with a good paying job, more money, day shift, more time off. So you can't beat that. And I get to be here every Thursday yeah. now. I'm excited about that. I know Ben is. It'll be good for us all to be together. That's that's really what it's all about. It's why we started this. Well, bro obviously. time. Well, but it's to reach everybody. Yeah. But the thing is, it was us here together have to kind of push this together, and and really try to reach out and 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 bring a few people back to the sheepfold, if you know what I mean. Hmm. That's right, Justin. Yeah, I guess that's me, ain't it? Say a prayer, buddy. My turn, ain't it? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the many blessings that you've given us, even the the ones that we don't deserve, which is, I guess, all of them. You know, thank God we don't get what we deserve. Uh, thank God for your your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness and, and long-suffering. But uh, thank you for this uh, group of men, and uh, thank you for this time. And, uh, you know, as iron sharpens iron when we get together, you know, we— we, we beat out some issues and uh, some truths and, and rightly divide the word. And we're just uh, very, very thankful for that, Father. And we just pray for discernment over today's uh, episode and over uh, our guest that's uh, been kind enough to come with us today. We ask the Holy Spirit wrap around him and uh, give him the words to say and uh, open the ears for those that need to hear this message, Father. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. 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 Well, who have you lined up for, Steve? Who you got? Well, today we got with us from Through the Black, Tom Dunn. Uh, we're super excited to have you. We've had you on for a Bible study in the past and really enjoyed that talk with you. And I, I love your insight. I love a lot of your online content. Um, you're, not a, you're not afraid to back down from um, very you know, you know pagan uh, festivals and things of this nature. I've watched a lot of your... Uh, videos and they're very inspiring to see how we really should witness and then we got to see you too back at the um, actually at two conferences now we've got to see you speak and it's it's really inspiring to see how you are you know pushing the word of God and and attacking it and not afraid of um, you know sharing your beliefs with people who would normally shun the Christian community hey God bless you guys thank you for having me on and uh Thanks for the patience of all the listeners out there. I have like a little bit of a head thing going on. So if I'm wiping my nose or something like that, or coughing, uh, uh, please uh, be patient with me. So I didn't have this like a day and a half ago. <clears throat> and before we get too deep into it, Tom, uh, congratulations. Uh, uh, soon to be grandpa. I know you're excited and really looking forward to that. So congratulations. Hey, man, uh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, very excited about it, and uh, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I've said this for years. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. Um, <laughs> and my wife and I have been talking about it, but it wasn't our decision. So we had to wait on one of our kids for it to be their decision. And uh, ultimately, hey, uh, we know it's God's decision, but, yeah, I am, uh, I'm blessed, and we're excited, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. That's awesome. It's just amazing. The miracle of life is one of the things that when you see it, I don't know how you can deny the presence of God when you actually see a newborn baby being born and to think that that came out of nothing is, it just blows my mind that anybody could ever believe that. But well, well I'm just going to, for your daughter there, I'm just going to let her know she's going to be chopped liver now. 
because when we <laughs> when we had our boys, me and my wife just turned into chopped liver. It's hey, when are you gonna bring them boys up here? <laughs> oh, you don't want to see us? No. Oh, well, well, yeah, but when's them? When are you gonna bring them boys up here? Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, no, that's true, and I and I've uh, just uh, been thinking about that as well. So, uh, yeah, all that all that goes um, with the territory, right? Oh yeah. oh yeah, it's great. There ain't nothing like a like a child. Yeah, nothing. Well, today I guess we're gonna jump into something a little bit different topic that uh, one of our listeners actually brought up, and um, thought it was a good ch- topic to jump into and kind of get some different ideas from a few different minds because not even not only do us in the room not agree we don't know tom's idea on this as well so we're going to have a a spirited uh, conversation here about our beliefs on this and we're going to talk about once saved always saved that idea that philosophy that a lot of people believe um, there's different viewpoints on this you can look at it from a calvinistic point of view where you know there's predestination and things of this nature but we're going to look at some different opinions and different views from this. But I think the most important thing is to start off, and we've got to lay the ground, you know, the groundwork, the foundation. What does it mean to be saved? So, Tom, take it away. What does that mean for you to be saved? You know, um, wow, I could, I could just uh, take off. Uh, salvation is a free gift that um, there's nothing that we could do to earn that gift. Okay, and I was just watching a video about this um, a little bit ago, and it was comparing Christianity to all the other religions. And all other religions are works-based, okay? Uh, You have to do something to get to heaven, to get to paradise, to get a reward. And the crazy thing, and I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about this, the gift of salvation, okay? Um, It's a free gift, that there's no way that we could earn our way to heaven, but to receive it, it costs your life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. It's down with you, the old you man. You live in the world, the and that's your life, per se. You know, that's, that's your life. So in order to follow Christ, you have to give up the worldly life to live a Christ, the best Christ-like life life that you can live Mm -hmm. now that being said you know what your guys idea i want to hear your guys idea on what on what being saved means so i guess i would fall under the once saved always saved but it's not i'm five years old and i have said a prayer because my friend said a prayer it's not, you know, mama took me to church, so I made her happy, and I walked forward, you know, I got saved at 10 at a, at a, Christ, at a First Baptist church, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so you have the altar call, you walk up in front of everybody, you know, at the end of the service. Um, but with saying that, it's also... You might have thought you were saved, right? And then you just go off the rails. Then you have to question, 
were you truly saved? So, say, say if you know I'm I, I you know I walked forward when I was ten, and you know like we've said before, I grew up in church. You know I had my rebellious stage, mm-hmm. and obviously I've come back. But uh, it's like if I'm a serial killer, I wasn't saved when I was ten. I just thought I was, and then then I'm using. Oh, I'm saved. I can do whatever I want to. If you're truly saved, you're, that's not going to be your attitude. If you're truly, you know, following Christ, you know, I didn't, I was in the military and I, I lived, I would say, I guess, in the world. We drank beer, partied, you know, played hard, part, or worked hard, played hard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was married to my first wife. She had kids. I didn't take them to church or anything, so I wasn't living the godly life at all. I wasn't, I wasn't showing the kids, hey, this is what you should do. This is how you should act. This is, I was just doing my own thing, whatever felt good kind of thing. And obviously, I know that was wrong, and I knew that was wrong. I just didn't care, pretty much. You know, I was married to a, I would say, non-godly woman which I was highly advised not not to do <laughs> by all of my family. But it's it's one of them things. I met my wife. We start, you know, which I come back home out of the military, start going to church, met my, met my wife. And it's, you know, meeting a Christian woman made me want to be as the best Christian man that I could be, you know? So was I saved at 10? I don't know. I know I'm saved now, you know? So it's kind of one of them. I look at it as it's, it's kind of gray, but it's like once saved, always saved because the Bible says, you know, nobody can pluck you out of God's hand, but it doesn't say you can't jump out of it. So it's kind of, I can see both sides, but it's... It's almost like you're talking yourself out of it. I know it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll get there. But I'm just, you know, it's just one of them, if if you're not truly saved, then you're not going to act like you're supposed to act. But once you actually become truly saved, I think that when you follow Christ and, and, and study and do what you're supposed to do, because as as it says, we're the bride and he's our groom. You know, you're gonna try to, you know, I like it when my wife tries to please me. You know, what I'm saying we're we we need to try to act in in a way to please God, please Jesus. You know, so so we're not gonna do those th- the the bad things. We're gonna try to live as the most Christian life. And of course, nobody can do it. No. You just try your best. Yeah, but, but see, I grew up, you know, Southern Baptist. And one thing they always taught, I, it never sit right with me, was I remember being a kid and the preacher talking about, you know, you can dedicate your life to Christ and, and be saved, but then you go out and you go to a barbecue and you have some beers with your friends and uh, die in a car wreck on your way home and you die with alcohol in your breath, you're going to wake up and, and hell's going to be your home. And... 
that that never sat right with me and i believe you know once saved always saved but with the caveat kind of like being you know if you find yourself just habitually sinning with without any remorse or conviction from the holy spirit you have to ask yourself was you ever truly saved you know it's kind of like you will know the tree by the fruits but you know just like the torah says you know that he would write a new law on our hearts and i like how tom said it's a gift that's given that you could never earn but out of the outpour of grace that you have for that free gift you want to respect that gift and take care of that gift and honor that gift and and try your best to 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 live up to the expectations set by your heavenly father but i always look at david david was a good example you know david was a man after god's own heart but he murdered he lusted after other women but the key thing was is it broke his heart to be separated from God and he was you know he would always repent and and mourn and cry so and like you said you know you can't be plucked from the hand of God you know once saved always saved but that doesn't mean that you can't throw it away or walk away yeah so that that was my thing so I mean you know I know everybody's got their own weak points and stuff like that so I guess like a good example is if you were somebody that struggled, you know, with with drugs or pornography, and you get saved and you're, you know, truly saved and you turn your life around, you know, and, and where it says, you know, be righteous, you know, like like Christ, you know, righteous doesn't mean perfect. It means set apart. Be set apart from the world. And if you fall back and relapse and start looking at pornography, you know, again, here and there, or start doing drugs, or whatever the case may be. But if it's just so convicting on your spirit that you just cry out to God, and I, I think, you know, it's just a, a condition of the heart. Well, I I guess I'm going to be the oddball in the room, and I'm going to say I don't believe once saved, always saved. And and I'll I'll use in, in the same thing as I – We'll get to that point, and I'll read a couple verses that I believe are kind of talking to that. I, I think that you can devote your life to God, and then something happens and you fall away. The only unforgivable sin is rejecting the Holy Spirit. That's the only unforgivable sin. It says that multiple times. There's multiple verses that point out rejecting the Holy Spirit. You can have the Holy Spirit in you, and then you can also shun the Holy Spirit and, and take him out of you. You can, you can get rid of the Holy Spirit. That's a volitional choice that you make so i'll read one verse here and it just kind of as a uh kind of a starter for this and if i look at matthew 24 9 13 it says then they will deliver you to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another many fall prophets will arise and lead many astray because lawlessness will be increased and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So the way I look at it is if, if you're going to gonna fall away. To the what? To the end. But if you're going to fall away or if you're going to be led astray, like it says in that verse, you first have to belong to something. If you don't belong to either, then you're not getting led astray or you're not, 
you're not you're not um, falling away or, or being led astray. You're you're just oh that there's two paths. I'm gonna go right or left. I mean, it just is what it is. I I truly believe that you have you have the choice to have God in you. But a big part of that is it's not by uh, you know works, but by faith alone, so that no man can boast. Right. So it's nothing that we can do to get there. But after we have achieved that salvation, God lives in us. We should be exuding God. God should be seen through us. And I'm not saying we don't all fall short. We do. But if you go back to the Old Testament and you look at what did the priests uh, sacrifice and, 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 and give, you know, atone for for the, the people was for the unintentional sin. We talked about that with the, the big bowl of blood. The priest walks right. in for the unintentional sin. But a lot of people misconstrue, though, too, that that wasn't cleansing of the people's sin. It was actually cleansing of sacred space so God could enter that space. It was, but it was also, if you go back into um, the, when they first were making the tabernacle out in the, out in the field, or not in the field, in the wilderness, sorry, in the wilderness, when they were first making the tabernacle, the whole point of this, and this, Heiser's got some great stuff on this, but if you look through you look at all the sacrifices that were made, right? You have your guilt offering and your sin offering and all these things that were made, they weren't for moral sin. They were for uh, a, a different, they were for, there was no like sacrifice for uh, idolatry or adultery. The sacrifices were made for things like, um, uh, you know, you were bleeding, so you were unclean. You touched a dead body, so you were unclean. You know, and then there was the unintentional sin. You were, you were unclean. The whole point was to put the people back in the right, uh, I guess, purify them to the, to the ability that they were able to, again, re resume worship towards God, to actually be in God's presence to some degree. And that was a big part of that. So I, there, there is some of both, and I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong particularly. You know, this is just our beliefs when we go through this, but I think that's just an important way to look at it. Well, one thing that brought this up, and I'd like to bring it back to Tom, was uh, we had a listener email us about this, and then it was maybe just a, a few weeks later I seen that you had done a show, and uh, you were talking about, uh, well, I guess just uh, run run us through that for the, for those. I don't want to spoil it and tell your story. I'm, you tell it a lot better. but that So, um, well, um, anyway, I want to respond um, to uh, to what we're talking about here. For me, I lean more towards, um, I lean away from once saved, always saved, okay? So um, this is, um, you know, another thing that we call it, that I learned to call it later on is Calvinism, okay? So, um, and the church that I grew up in, it was what we call a holiness church, okay? And uh, it was... It was, they were holy rollers. It was crazy in there. They did everything but speak in tongues, okay? I don't know why they didn't speak in tongues, but they didn't believe in it. And uh, they taught holiness. So I grew up believing that if you deviated in the slightest, that you were backslidden, okay? Now, I don't believe that anymore, all right? But I do believe that you can turn your back on God. Um <clears throat> Uh, I, you know, I, I believe in the scripture, everything that you guys have said, you know, nothing can uh, snatch us out of his hand. I agree with that. And then you guys kind of um, uh, uh, use my line because my line would be 
well, but you can walk away if you choose so. You know, we're, I, I don't believe that we are uh, mind-controlled robots. Uh, we have a, you know, we make a decision to pick up our cross. So I, I work in ministry with people on all sides of this, okay? And I have friends that are what we call, you know, uh, reformed Calvinists, you know, and I know people that are um, just the extreme um, uh, end of that. And we're talking about predestination, five-point Calvinists, you know, the tulip, all that, thi- all that stuff there. So the way that I was raised and um, uh, what makes sense to me is what we call holiness. It's, I don't want to say it's the opposite of Calvinism, but uh, it might, you know, it might, it might be a a way to word that Uh, we believe that you can sin and you can break your relationship uh, with the Lord. Um, Now, again, I don't believe the way that I did when I was growing up, like if, any little thing happens or if you make one little mistake then it's broken okay and i think um as i'm listening to you guys talk we're all in a similar space okay uh and maybe the truth is somewhere in between uh i don't uh uh, this is something that i've thought about that i've studied that i've prayed about and i said lord i want to know the truth you know and I don't, I don't want to preach something that's false, and I, I don't want to t- tell anybody anything that's wrong, and I want to know for myself what is the truth. And, and usually when I, when I do that, I'll open up the Bible, and I'll find a verse like, you know, he who endures till the end shall be saved, okay? And then, you know, there's, there's many other verses um, uh, that I think uh, will, you know, that support that. So anyway, um, I've seen a lot of people that I feel were Christians who produced fruit, okay, and that backslid, turned their back on God. And, of course, the the Calvinists would say, well, they were never really saved in the first place. And I'm like, eh, it's a cop-out. I don't know. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter if they were never saved in the first place uh, or they did backslide. What matters is they're lost now, okay? And we want to reach them. So it's I like having these conversations, and I think what you guys are what you guys are doing is good. But um, uh, I I, I want to say that you know for anybody out there listening, I've been pushing for unity, and I hate the idea that we would not fellowship with somebody because they don't line up with us on this, okay? Or I, I don't think that people that don't believe exactly the same way that I do, I don't think that they're not saved, and hopefully they don't think I'm saved. And what I often say is, like, I don't know anything else in the world. The only thing I know is that I'm saved. I know I'm saved, and I don't know about anybody else. And if the person in front of me says they are, then I'm just going to take their word for it. And sometimes you can see, like, okay, I don't think this person gets it, Okay. Um, we should see uh, a transformation, okay? And uh, I like the illustration where, you know, a preacher comes in and says, if I just told you that I uh, came in off the highway and I got hit by a semi-truck, would you believe me? And they're like, no, you don't look like you've been hit by a semi-truck. Well, God wrecking our life should look the same way. We should look totally different from somebody who's worldly. Okay, it's like we got hit by a truck. So there should be some form of transformation. You know, I've met people uh, in Haiti, in Germany, in Poland, and, uh, you know, all over the world. And 
we had that common denominator. Sometimes we didn't even speak the same language, but I'm like, I'm looking in their eye and I'm like, this person's saved. I know, you know, and I love that. To me, that's some of the best uh, apologetics right there is like, this guy doesn't know. How does this guy know? He didn't, he didn't copy me, but he had an experience with the savior in his country somewhere. God saved him, you know, and he believes the same gospel I do. So anyway, um, uh, and here we are, you know, we're in uh, two, two separate states here, but we're continuing, you know, um, the ministry. So uh, now to get to now to get to the story that you uh, that you mentioned, uh, I recently found out that somebody that I know who was very involved in who grew up in church, who was involved in um, in uh, Christian um, uh, ministry, went to Christian college. OK, Um came out of the closet as a homosexual man, okay? Now, we knew, all of us knew this person struggled with this for a while. It wasn't a surprise to us, um, but we're disappointed that he kind of gave up the fight, okay? And uh, I found out some more things since I've made that video, and I have nothing but compassion and love for that person, and I'm just broken. I'm really broken for him and his family. But, <laughs> excuse me, one of the things that he said is, he believes the Bible was written uh, a long time ago and that it's not 100% correct when it comes to homosexuality. And he believes that God made him gay so he can be a Christian and be gay, okay? Well, um, according to God's word, it, for me, it's easy to say, okay, this is not true. And you have a distorted understanding of God's word. And I think we have to know God rightly, okay? Um, his Jesus is not my Jesus, okay? Um, that's not the same, you know, we, we could say this about, you know, alien Jesus or whatever, but, um, uh, I, I reject that Jesus. I reject the Jesus that would, you know, say that this is okay, because how do we do that? We, we test the spirits. We go back to God's word. What does God's word say? It's pretty clear on this. I trust the authority of, of God's word. I stand on that authority and I believe God knew what he was talking about when he said, this is an abomination. So anyway, um, the, that's a good point, Justin, to, to kind of bring up that story because here's a person who believes that they are still saved. Now, they didn't grow up. Uh, they grew up in more of a well, uh, the same kind of Wesleyan view, okay? And I don't know if you guys are familiar with John Wesley, but John Wesley is kind of like the opposite of, uh, of John Calvin, right? So you have Wesleyan, which is your um, your Methodist, your Wesleyan, your Nazarene type of churches, and then Calvinists, which um, are your reformers and you know things like that. So anyway, uh, he didn't grow up in a church where he believed once saved, all he saved. So uh, or where they even taught it, but he believes that he can twist scripture. And uh, I learned a long time ago what cannot be crucified will be justified. So if you have, you know, if you have something in your life and you can't get it under the blood or you can't crucify it, then you're going to find a way to justify it. So anyway. My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. 
Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted, and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you, and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. And for listeners of the Dig Bible Podcast, use the code, all caps, DIG20, whenever you're checking out to get a 20% off discount. Enjoy. And see, with that, when I was talking and about, you know, like David, you know, David struggled, you know, with, uh, you know, lusting after women, you know, and, and murder and things like that. But the conviction of his heart, when I was talking about that, I had in my mind, you know, far as like, you know, homosexuality and, and things like that. And I could be wrong. This is just my perspective. But something like that would be, in my opinion, a constant unapologetic rebellion because you, you the bible is clear on how he stands with that and that's a a daily intentional choice of open rebellion instead of a a backslide or a slip if that so makes you sense you remember yeah you remember um uh i cannot remember I don't know if it was Jonathan, but somebody in in that was close to David, and um, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember the name right now, but um, confronted David on this sin, and he said, "You are that man." He told a story and made an illustration about something. Oh yeah, the prophet David, confronted him. Nathan. Yeah. yeah, Nathan. Nathan. Okay, yeah, sorry. And Nathan said, "You know, uh, he had to use an illustration and kind of remove David out of the situation," and. Um, and he said, hey, you are that man. You were living in sin. You, you know what I'm saying? What you did was wrong. Um, I, like, um, I like understanding David because it gives me comfort because I'm like, wow, okay, David made it, so, so can we. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, um, you know, we can think of a lot of examples in the Bible, but we can also think of people that didn't make it, okay? Uh, for example, Balaam. All right. Here's a guy that God sent a talking donkey to him and it couldn't even get through to him. Right. And that's how far, you know, that he had backslidden. And as far as we know, he didn't make it. Look, I mean, what about uh, what about Saul? You know, here was a guy. He started off right. OK, but then he didn't obey, you know, and God is like, hey, what is the lowing I hear of the cattle? You know, Um What's going on with that? And then, you know, the way that things ended up for him. So um, I think David could have been that guy if he would have not turned around, okay, like so many kings in the Old Testament. Solomon. Okay. He, he could have been that guy that didn't make it, okay? But because his heart was soft, because he repented, okay, um, he did he did make it. So anyway, I and I don't know what you guys think about that, but. Well, I, I think that's I think that's an excellent point, but I want to kind of go 
a little further in and, and look at it from another point of view. If we go into Hebrews 6, uh, 4 through 6. Well, I got, I'm going to back this up just for a second. I apologize. I want to go and say that I 100% agree with you. What I always talk about this, and I brought this up numerous times and said that, you know, when Jesus talked to Peter, he said, you're the rock in which I will build my church. He didn't say his church is. He didn't say every denomination. He didn't say all these other people. And honestly, Christians fight more among themselves than they do with non-believers to try to help them along the way. If we spent as much time as we do fighting among the churches, as we reaching out in outreach, we'd make a, a big dent in that population that right now has uh, hell on their uh, mailing address. And we need to change that. And that's where, our, that's where the church is failing right now is that they're so focused on non-salvation issues. But as a whole, I agree, we need to unite. We should all be together on the same page. Non-salvation issues are non-salvation issues. I just think that's really important that we put that out there, and, and that's, that's our stance. And that's, I mean, it's my stance, and I believe you guys are on, on par with that. But I do have a verse that I want to kind of go into because I think it kind of, at least from my point of view, this is kind of where this comes from as far as this once saved, always saved. And I think it because it, it points and it shows. And if you look at um, Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, it says, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. I think that's a pretty, I, I don't want to say, I mean, damning verse, I hate saying that, but in the way that we look at this and see, it's, you can have that salvation, you can have that gift, but if, you know, we have, think about this, we have trials and tribulations that, that are in our life. Some of these things are brought on by sin. Some of these things are God testing us. They're things that we have to overcome. God puts stumbling stones in front of us. He did that with the law, with the Jews. He put stumbling stones in front of them to overcome. That's the whole point is to overcome. It strengthens us. It tries to push us in that direction where we'll be more godly. Well, Jesus and, told Peter, too, that reminds me, you know, when he said, you know, Satan has asked me to sift you like wheat. You know I mean? Uh, a sift, you know, when you're sifting, you're separating the the good from the bad. So I mean, it's it's meant to to strengthen you and to and to grow you and and that, well, it's the whole point is that those things are in front of us. But say something happens super traumatic, and I I hope to dear God, no one out there has ever you know had a, a child pass away or something like this where you sit there and you question God. How could you let this happen? How could you do this? How could these things happen? I don't think we can point to God on those things. I think there's sin in the world. I mean, look at David. That, that happened to David. Dave, that story with David is an amazing story. He lost a child, and he, he st what was it? He stopped praying. and He got uh, up. He took a bath, a shower right afterwards, and he told his servants, because the servants were scared to talk to him. He says to the servants, he goes, they, well, they were surprised. They're like, how can you go back to just eating and, and sitting there? And he goes, well, I, I, he, when he was alive, he had a chance to come back to me. But now that he's not, yeah, now I know I will go to him. So, I mean, it's a, it's a powerful thing. But when you look at that, you see these people that might go through something horrific in their lives. And people do. All of us have had sh struggles in our lives that maybe have made us question. 
it, have it, given, it, hold on, hold on. Have given us doubts, have done those things. But we have to understand that we have a choice at that point. We have free will. We can either remain and say, yes, God, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to do everything I can to continue on that godly lifestyle, or we can fall away. We have, it's, that verse plainly states yeah. that you can fall away. What I was going to say, it's like Job. Mm-hmm. Job could have been like, well, screw you. Yeah. I'm going to do my own thing now, but he didn't. And Job's a good one. He's kind of like if you go back to David and um, when we talk about free will, a lot of people question free will. Like, oh, they're like, if God already knows, then you're basically a puppet. It's that Calvinistic point of view that we talked about. But I love this, and I think it was Heiser that first I first heard this from, was um, if you look at, what is this, First Samuel 23, 7 through 13. It says, now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah. And Saul said, God has given him to my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has bars and gates. And Saul summoned all the people of the war to go down to Keilah and besiege David and his men. And David knew that Saul was plotting to harm against him. And he said to Abathar, the priest, bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant, who surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city on my account, will the men of Keilah surrender me to his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come. Then David said, will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men to the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. So David and his men, about 600, arose and departed Keilah and went wherever they could go. And I think that's such a cool verse because it shows, yes, David had a choice. He could have stayed there. He could have, he left. But you see that God knows the outcomes of your actions. It's not that he's manipulating you like a pawn. We have free will. And that's a really important part when we talk about this salvation. We have to know we have the the free will to decide. There's not a predestination or predetermination of where you're going to be, heaven or hell. You are going to either choose salvation. You're going to live as godly a life as you possibly can with God at the center. Or you're going to choose corruption you're going to choose hell and you might not look at it that way you might not think this is hell but you have a choice to make regardless of the once saved always saved side of things if you're saved and and you're going to continue to follow god that's a conscious choice you have the choice to either continue to do that or to not and at that point it doesn't matter what you believe it doesn't matter if you know, if you can't say, "Well, I said the words this long ago," but I'm going to go and live my life like, uh, uh, you know, like Absalom. Like um, uh, I'm trying to think of so many other people that went through, and they totally, you know, they might have been Christian Saul, like you said. You know, all these different people at the beginning. Solomon was such a great example. Where at the end, he's building pagan temples for his wives, and this is the guy that prayed to God, and it, God talked to him and said, "What do you want?" And he says, wisdom, the smartest guy, the guy was given wisdom by God. The smartest guy in the world ever is given wisdom and he still falls away. Yeah, by his choice. Yeah, by his choice. And that's something we see, you know, just like, you know, the the gentleman that Tom was referring to, you know, he he had a choice and he made his choice. 
but like he, uh, what was that quote you said? They either crucify it or justify it. I like that. You yeah, you if you if it cannot be crucified, it will be justified. Because the the listener that suggested this, and because uh, see, I didn't know if maybe you guys knew the same person. Because when they messaged me and said they you know wanted to hear us talk about this topic, they had a very similar story. But they told me this maybe two to four weeks before you had done that show. And they had said, you know, I'm just, I'm really bothered by this. You know, I was raised, you know, once saved, always saved. And there's this man that I know and consider him a brother in Christ and a great friend. He said, there was no doubt. He said that this man was on fire for God and that he would uh, go to these, uh, you know, pride rallies and evangelize to these people and said that he, you know, saved and changed many lives around doing the work that he did but then he said just out of nowhere he he come out on facebook and pronounced you know that uh that he was gay and it's like you know but after you know we got to talking we you know it wasn't the same person but it's just uh it's something that's happening all around us obviously choices are being made it's because of the water. It's turning the freaking frogs gay. The frogs gay. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that we we that, had that in a podcast. You see that remix was. video where they made a whole song out of it? That oh is that is gosh. definitely going to be a YouTube yeah. reel, Tom. That's, that's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, what do you think? Well, I'm going to re-clarify my... <laughs> no, no, it's... We know you're on well water. You yeah, know, you're safe. I'm on well water, so you know, I'm, I'm okay. Um, if you, I, I do believe if you blatantly turn away, then it's not the once saved, always saved. It's more like you 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 have struggles. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's it's kind of like how Justin was saying. You know, say you know say I'm addicted to porn, and I go good for two years. I slip up, and then I die in a car wreck. You know, but it's the the blatant. You know what? I'm an atheist now, or what? It, you know, what's the only that's un- the what's the only unforgivable sin? Well, yeah, yeah. It's denying the Holy Spirit. But well, that's but, yeah. the whole plucking out or jumping out. You know. But so heard- I grew up. You know. Um, uh, in this denomination, that uh, the name of the denomination was called Church of Christ and Christian Union, and maybe some people have heard of the Circleville Bible College in Ohio, but that's the that's the connection there. That's our Bible College, um, and my grandfather was really, you know, um, uh, how should I say, uh, strict on this belief. But the older that he got the more he softened on it and he actually went to a church um because it was close and he couldn't get out as far so he went to a church that was kind of a calvinist church and you know what i'll be honest with you i'm going to a reformed church now and i have been for a few years um they don't really preach about being reformed they preach the gospel and if they did all the time then i wouldn't go to that church once in a while it comes up, <clears throat> I address it with my family. And, uh, but my, in his older, in his later years, my grandfather softened on it. He's like, man, some of these, 
um, these preachers, these once saved, always saved preachers are preaching more holiness, you know, than what I grew up in or what he was accustomed to. So I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, but I think it kind of got a bad rap because from our point of view, we were seeing people use it as an excuse to sin. Amen. Yes. And it was almost like a comeback that they had. Oh, once saved, always saved, so I can do whatever I want. And their life was crazy, you know. And we were just shocked. We're like, whoa, hey, we're holiness over here. We believe you got to, you know, uh, God said, be holy because I am holy. All right. And then in contrast to what, you know, what we saw, well, those people that were living that way, they weren't good representations of the of the actual churches that believe that way. Okay. Um, I think those those guys, um, uh, they would even say about, you know, so-and-so, you know, whatever his name is, like, oh, that guy was never saved, you know, or something. Um, I've, I've, I've just experienced all kinds of things. You know, I remember I, um, I went to church with this guy, and uh, this was a long, long time ago, so I'll use this guy's first name. Uh, his name was Sean. And he wanted to debate with me. This is back when I was about 20 years old. He wanted to debate with me once saved, always saved. And I was like, okay, I'm not very, you know, I'm not very smart or whatever. But, and he just wanted to defend this lifestyle. And this guy was involved in church. He was um, just very, um, you know, uh, all about evangelism and all these things and a very giving guy. Long story short, I found out that, um, he got caught with another dude and he went to prison for armed robbery. Well, um, in my young mind at 20 years old, I connected his belief um, with how he ended up. In, in my mind, I connected, well, hey, he thought he was always gonna be saved so he could get away with these things or it led him down that path, right? So. I'm not saying it is, but that was, um, that's what I was thinking. And that kind of formed my opinion of people. The older I got, the more people I got to know, the more mature you become and you realize, Hey, these guys don't represent the whole denomination or the whole church. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it does. But in this, this, what you said kind of brought this verse up for me is that Hebrews 10, 26 and 27 says, for if we go on sinning deliberately after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and the fury of fire that will consume yeah. the adversaries. And I, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a hellfire and brimstone kind of guy. I'm not, I've never go, even gone to a church like that where you get, you've talked about it before. But, you know, I, I believe in a God of love. But when we get to that point at the end, what does it say? Um, and, Justin, you've brought this up. Oh, yeah. Many will stand before the throne and say, Father, did we not prophesy in your name? Did cast we not demons. do great works in your name and mm -hmm. cast out demons in your name? And he, he'll still say, depart from me. I never knew you. And that's that right there, I think, sums that up. I mean, I think that's spot on. Well, see, I like to look at salvation as your... your um, your lunch tab now think about this i mean this is this varies from personality types and i understand that but if you go out if we all four went out to dinner and let's say you know we all just ordered a, a cheeseburger but then all of a sudden tom says hey guys checks on me i, I want to get this for you you got two options 
you can either A, reject him and say, no, you're not paying for my tab. You know, be, you know, prideful. I'm paying for it. Or, oh, I'm going to pay you back. Or, no, I'll, I'll wash dishes because I don't have the money to pay for it, right? Or you could be like, oh, well, if Tom's getting it, bring us uh, – uh, four, four beers and bring us two large pizzas and I wanted to go bag of, of those curly fries too you know just because it's paid for doesn't mean you jack the bill up so you know since you know you are saved and your sins are forgiven that doesn't mean you know you live and do sin. as thou wilt and and I've always I've heard the saying also it's you know it's almost to the point of you know you're sinning and you continue to you're just crucifying Jesus all over again. That's the verse we just read yeah. is pretty much what that said. Yeah. So. But you don't have to buy us no dinner, Tom. I was just using that as an illustration. Okay, man, you let me off the hook. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> J- Justin said he'll buy it next time we're together. I think. No, um, no that's. I think that's a good illustration. <clears throat> um, yeah, something else I was going to say, but it just slipped away. It happens here a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you made a good point earlier, though, Tom, when you were talking about, you know, those who endure to the end. And I think that's that shows that we're trying to live that godly lifestyle all the way to either our death or the end of this world. And so we have to kind of push through all the trials, all the hardships, all the things that we are, are you know, faced with, all the different temptations we have, all the different struggles we have. And we all have them. There's not a single one of us that can't say we're not tempted by something in our life. So I think we get to the point then is, you know, how are we saved and what's our calling as Christians? You know, we all, I mean, we know the the Sunday school answer. You know, Jesus died on the cross, take away our sins. But the problem is most people leave it as a Sunday school answer. They don't truly think about somebody sitting there actually sacrificing their life just for you. And, and it's almost to me also with with you saying that it's not just he sacrificed his life it's not me being in a firefight in Iraq and my buddies over here are getting ambushed so I stand up to take the heat and I get shot and die he was literally tortured mm-hmm. and then they say the crucifixion was the most painful way to die ever so it wasn't just he died. The whole goal of the crucifixion was to get you as close to death and make you hang on. Right. Like and the, I'm telling you guys, uh, that that Prometheus lens that I'm doing, when I start uh, releasing the episodes, make sure you check out the one on the Shroud of Turin. That's I, interesting stuff. Yeah, I talked to, uh, what was his name? I'm having uh, Barry Schwartz. He was the lead investigator of the Shroud of Turin, and he talked about, you know, uh, uh, all the markings on that cloth and there was like over 300 lashes that wrapped all the way around the front and the, it wasn't no pretty little no. crown of thorns it was just a bush crammed on his head and i mean just i mean it, it puts you it brought me to tears just listening to it i mean it's like watching the passion of the or passion of the christ or whatever yeah. i mean that's as he's getting beat, that's a rough movie. To, I mean, I've watched I, it once. And you think those and are it's, I don't want to watch that again. That's not. I, I mean, watched it once, and I don't want to watch it again either. That's yeah. the way I feel. I mean, it was brutal. And to think that's because of our sin. I yeah, know. Nothing he did. Yeah. Nothing he did. And, you know, a father loses, you know, gives his son 
and and a son gives his life. I mean, it's just and and on top of that, I heard I can't think of the guy. I think it's Charles Lawson, the the preacher man in Knoxville. You know what I'm talking about on YouTube. Anyhow, he was talking about I can't remember what it was, but it was one of the recent ones that he's that his church put out of him talking, and uh, he was talking like, and I never I never really realized it, you know. I'm I'm Jesus died for my sins. Right? If I if I accept him, he died for my sins. The way he was taught, he died for everybody's sin. So he took everybody's sin, even the ones that reject him. Their sins are still paid for. But they didn't accept that free gift, so therefore they don't go get to go to heaven. And that's just that much more. It was everybody's sin. Sin in general, just all the sin. And I was like, wow. You know, I just never, mm-hmm. it never, it never, I just never thought about it like that. I see you staring at your paper. Oh, I got, to blow I got papers for days. I, I'm sorry. Tom, I write everything down or type it out because I can't read my writing. But um, <laughs> the, I, and it's kind of funny how this has worked because it's kind of all fallen in the way, you know, our, our conversations are very organic. This isn't planned, but it's kind of fallen in with a scripture that, kind of has jumped out at me um, when I was going through through some things. But we were just talking a little bit about that is um, when I brought it up, what's our calling as Christians? And I'm going to tie this back into something here in a minute. But if you go to, what is this, Romans 10, 13 through 17, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him if they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing hearing through the word of christ so what is our what is our calling and tom you this is something and i said this to you last time you were here and i just think to me it's something that has stuck with me like glue and you told me last time you didn't even remember saying it but it was at that first hear the watchman conference that we met you at and you had said and it was the i can't remember what the the theme of it was exactly but you were doing a presentation, and some of it was on the book of Acts. And you said the book of Acts is really a guideline on how we're supposed to live our life. It's, it's showing us, you know, uh, uh, the word apostle literally from the Greek actually means messenger. That's what it means. We're all meant to be messengers, apostles of God, and reach out to everybody that we possibly can. Just like the Great Commission that Jesus gave, work to take that on, to put that cross on our back and keep going. And you said that you, that was the thing that just, it's something that has stuck with me every time. I said, it's a way that we should live our life. And it really hit with me. It really resounded with me. And, it, and honestly, it, I can thank you for that. Acts has become one of the favorite books of the Bible for me after you said that because I looked at it in a whole different light. It's a user manual. It, it really is. 
my uh, my late friend Russ Dizdar, uh, he did a teaching, and I, I don't know if you can find it. It's it's difficult to find his stuff, but uh, he was he was working on a chapter by chapter teaching on the Book of Acts, just basically, um, and connecting it to our life today. Uh, but you know, um, of course I give credit to him. He's the one that taught me those things. I've heard preachers say we're living in the next chapter of the book of Acts. Now, you know, the book of Acts is not, you know, um, uh, as far as, you know, the canon and God's word, it's complete, but here we are, we've been living out for 2000 years. Now, I just think that that was one of those things that just blew me away. And it's something that it's something that. I think has stuck with me and I think all of us when I mean, we just got done doing our Acts Bible study actually I think the next one will be the one that releases after we release this episode it'll be the very it'll be chapter 27 and 28 the last two chapters and we just got done doing that and it's one of those things that like I said I've, I've taken so much more from that I think it's it's helped me kind of try to find who I'm supposed to be, who God wants me to be. And we've talked about our spiritual gifts, the things that we're given. God has given us a platform here. This isn't us. This is none of us are people that would have ever thought we'd sit in front of a microphone and talk to everybody. This is not any of us. This was a Bible study. This was a Bible study because we all were like-minded, you know, Christians that just wanted to kind of delve into some of the more fringe things. And it just kind of developed into this. And, this is God putting us out there in a way, you know, it, it talks like Jonah. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. That was not his plan. He did, well, he did not plan. want those people saved either. No, he did not. <laughs> but, you know, when you're put in a place, God gives you either a spiritual gift or he gives you a platform or he pushes you in a certain direction. Listen to him. He's pushing us in this direction to reach as many people as we possibly can. And regardless of your denomination, regardless of your background on the church, if you believe that Jesus died for you, if you firmly believe Jesus died for you, that that Holy Spirit's living inside you and you will feel it, that you know you're going to heaven. And all these other things that the denominations fight over, all the other things that all the other churches fight over that are non-salvation issues shouldn't matter. They shouldn't tear us apart. They should be, we should be uniting together as a church. So for what it's worth, that's my two cents. And, and talking about that, it's, it's the, you don't have to be, <clears throat> oh, I've done this and done that. God would never use me. Paul murdered people that were Christians. And at the beginning of his ministry after Jesus come to him on the road to Damascus, they were terrified of him. They're like, oh, he's undercover. It's a yeah, no, pretty much, yeah, he, he's tricking us. I mean, if anybody was was to be was to go by that standard, he wouldn't have used Paul because he killed him. If you, you look, know, look at a drug a drug dealer, a, a a guy who's been in prison for most his life, and he gets saved and he comes out. He's the one that can talk to the drug dealers and the drug addicts because he was there. He knows exactly what they're going through. Well, that's all part of God's plan and his yeah. purpose for you. And, and it's you know, what makes it even, story is the same, even bigger. 
So it makes you you use your hardships, your downfalls, your experiences, <clears throat> and you use it. You know, was it that that scripture says what the devil meant for harm, God uses for good? Yeah. You know, I had a very you know uh, rocky past with, with with drug abuse and and all sorts of things. And it's easy to, to navel gaze and be like, you know, God can never use me. You know, I'm not worthy. No, I'm That's not worthy. You, you daggone right I'm not worthy. Yeah. And God don't need me. But thank God yeah. he allows me to participate and he uses me. And he can take my broken story and use it to give hope and inspiration to other people. Because I'm here to tell you, anybody with an earshot of me, I do not have it all figured out. I struggle <laughs> daily. <laughs> I fall daily. But praise God, I have a hand to grab and to pull me up. And if he can use me, he can use you too. And 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 with that being said, it's like you hear people that say, hey, why don't you come to church? Oh, if I went to church, it it uh, the building would burn. <laughs> Well, trust me, if that was true, it would already be burnt, right, from all of us that's going. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's, it's, uh, and I lost it. He didn't come for the righteous, he came for the sinners. Well, yeah, it... Well, Tom, what do you got to say on it? We've been blabbering well, for you know, a while now. What you guys are talking about to me is the beauty of the gospel. The world says we're nothing but haters and bigots and uh, we're, you know, we're condemning people. No, we're, you know, through God, God through us is saving people. You know, we're the one that's coming after the orphans. We're the ones that's coming after the uh, the, the broken and the sinners and, and all these people. And they're saying we hate those people. No, we don't. Uh, I know because of what God's done for me, he can rescue them and they don't have to live in that craziness, whatever it is. And, you know, we, tonight we were talking about all kinds of things, whether it's drugs or homosexuality, sin is sin is sin. You know, it could be heterosexual sin. It doesn't matter. Um, the beauty of the gospel is there is freedom, you know, and I, I just want to say, Hey, uh, lay your burdens down. You know, it feels so good to get that sin off your back, yeah. man, for to sure. know yet yeah, like, you're going to have to do something about that one day, and it's not going to be enough. You don't want to show up on Judgment Day uh, carrying that because you're going to be screwed, okay? It would be better to have somebody, like you said, Justin, cover the bill, yeah. okay? So, um, yeah, I, I just um, – this is not about condemnation or judgment or bigotry or anything like that. Um, it's about freedom. It's about freedom. Um, sin – is like, you know, living in sin is like living in chains. And we want to see people set free. And, you know, I love seeing the look on people's face when they figure that out. <laughs> Some people will hate us and spit at us and scream at us and all that stuff and whatever. And then when they get set free, they're, they're glowing. I've been set free. I used to hate God. I used to hate God's people. But he's, he's broken the chains. So... Uh, it's good news, man, and uh, uh, I just uh, loved hanging out with you guys. So, yeah, saying that, it's like I, I've seen it in a couple of my friends. I won't, I won't say his name, but it's like you're always anxious, you're always worried. What, what's going to happen? You're always stressed out, and then when you can truly just give it to God, 
and be relaxed. Just let it go. Life is so much easier. Like, you're not always worried about, well, am I going to get fired? And, and, you know, is this girl going to like, whatever. It's just so much easier. It's, it's, I mean, it's always, being a Christian is going to be hard. It's, you know, the Bible tells you that. Because the world's after you. But the, the, the weight on your shoulders will almost go away. Because you're not the one carrying it. If you can truly life, give it to God. Yeah, life is hard enough, man. Just uh, uh, get your sins taken care of. There's a, there's enough stuff going on. So, I'll tell you the biggest thing when you say that, and it's, it's the difference between us and other people that are struggling in life is we have that hope. Yeah. We have that hope in God, and it, that goes back to that verse, and I've said it a million times with that 1 Peter 3.15. Always be able to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do so with gentleness and respect. You know, when you are preaching the gospel, you're reaching out to people. You're not you're not condemning them. You're condemning the sin. Don't get me wrong, but you're not condemning them. We're no better than anybody else. The difference is we have God. That's right. Yeah. A, a white lie compared to murder. It's all in God's eyes. It's all the same. I liked how Tom com- compared it to, to freedom. You know, that, that was uh, a new perspective. For, for even me, you know, I mean, it's don't be preaching condemnation, don't be preaching law, don't be preaching do do not do not this do not. We need to be preaching freedom. I like that. Well, Tom, you want to let everybody know where they can find your information, find all your stuff. Guys, thank you so much uh, for having me on. This has been planned out for months. Yeah, uh, throughtheblack.com, that's the website uh, that you can find me at. That's where you can find all of our archives. We've got hundreds of archives, and we talk about all kinds of stuff, about the stuff that we've talked about tonight, and we expose a lot of witchcraft and Satanism and things like that, and it's a place, it's a safe place where you can come and learn about those things. A lot of Christians, because we're Christians, we read God's word. We don't know what the world's up to. And you see things in the street and you're like, what does that mean? What's that symbol mean? What is that person doing? We we talk about that stuff. And you can find all that stuff at throughtheblack.com and uh, just the other stuff that we do. We just, uh, uh, just appreciate everybody that checks us out, subscribes to our YouTube channel. All that stuff means the world to us. Yep. Tell Vicky we said, hey, we love her. Yep, I will. Thanks again, Tom. God bless you guys. You too. And all you guys, keep tuning in, and thank you for coming along, getting your hands dirty with us. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Don't be like a county worker. Get in that hole and dig some. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel. See ya.